This podcast and the following message are brought to you by Vehicle Acquisition Network. When you're trying to keep your pre-owned lot stocked with high-quality, in-demand vehicles, dealing with auctions can be costly and time-consuming. Plus, you always risk having your price bid up by competing dealers. With Van, you go straight to the source, acquiring pre-owned vehicles directly from private sellers in your target market. The Vehicle Acquisition Network saves you time and money by automatically searching online listings to locate your most sought-after units from independent sellers in your area. Find the pre-owned vehicles you want faster than your competitors for hundreds less than you would pay at auction. For more information, text Buy with Van to 64600 or go to autoconverse.com forward slash V-A-N. You are here at the Used Car Marketing Strategies uh, webcast session. My name is Ryan Girardi. So I've got Jason Rice on here from Lot Pop and retired automotive exec uh, Gary May. I, I said Gary May, didn't I? You did. Yeah. Gary Wade. Wade. <laughs> Thank you. We, we know Gary May too. But. I, I know. That's funny. I'm like, so I apologize <laughs> to both Garys. Shout out to Gary May. That happened. So. Um, the article that Jason had shared, uh, was written by Jim, uh, Lehman, three ways to ensure wholesale sourcing dependability. Uh, he read his, I'll read his tips off. One was stop stocking up. Uh, so we'll speak to that. Uh, he talks about pinpointing your best sellers and then leveraging your dealer sources. Uh, Jason, you know, you, you, you're familiar with Jim Lehman's work and his writings? Yeah, he does articles. I mean, for years he's been doing that. And so he's really in tune with the industry. You know, I, I know he does work, you know, like press releases and stuff for dealers too, but are for vendors. But yeah, he, he's, uh, he's really in tune to what's, uh, what's going on out there. You'll see his stuff pretty much on every source out there. Okay. All right. So he gets into, uh, when it comes to wholesale used cars, um, the challenge isn't necessarily, it's not necessarily a scarcity of volume. There's plenty of cars out there, correct? Yeah. I mean, I think the dealer's not complaining so much, not what's out there, but what they got to pay to get them, you know? So um, there's plenty of cars out there. I with the uh, conspiracy theory. So don't quote me on this. I do think OEMs are sitting on them somewhere or some of the banks are too, but um, that's just a theory. But yeah, there's plenty of them out there and it's just a matter of if you're willing to pay for the money or not. So what do you think of his, his three tips? I mean, are they, are, are, are they solid? Are you in accord with all of them? Do you disagree with any of his tips? And, and Gary can chime in too on this part. I think on the, on the stop stocking up, you know, I don't like a 45 day sale. I like carry, carry what you sell, sell what you carry. You get a hundred cars, sell a hundred cars. You can even push it a little bit higher than that. Uh, we've trained, we change kind of change our algorithm instead of telling dealers, here's, you know, a 45 day supply metrics and saying, here's what you sold in the last 45 days. And this is how many you need. We actually changed it to their average sale days. So we have some dealers that average sales is 27 days. So we look at what's sold in the last 27 days or not 
um, you know, giving them a 45 day strategy because I don't want to over, I think right now uh, going into April and May tends to slow down. Uh, tax season starts to wind down and spring hits and everybody's busy doing things and it, we're going to hit a little bit of a wall where things start slowing down, but guys are buying like it's still March levels and they're going to be surprised come mid April and beginning of May year after year after year. I talked to dealers and they're like, man, who turned off the faucet? We've had, you know, things were going great. And so when they overstock, you know, they're starting getting buried and then they pay top dollars because March was a great month. Everybody's trying to buy cars and they're paying top dollar. And then traffic sometimes is get aggressive with your price, but the margin's not there because of what you pay for them, but they start bleeding through. But, you know, Gary, I don't know, what you're having, I know you're talking about buying, you know, wholesaling or buying cars for dealers if you have the same mindset or not. But. It's it's something that this year is very peculiar. Uh, with the tax law changes, I think we saw a real difficult uh, February, March in a lot of different areas in the country um, with the millions of people and families that aren't getting the tax returns this year that they've gotten in the past. And also with some having to pay quite a bit more than what they've done traditionally in the past. Uh, it's put a put a real crunch on a couple different levels. One, on the new car end, basically there's not the trades coming in that were into the dealers in the past. So it's shortening some inventories that way as far as trades, but also uh, the supply that you talked about earlier is really skewed. And we're going to see a, a big change in inventory levels. And like you mentioned, out of some of the manufacturers and the captive resources that we see come due really in May and June. We're going to see a big influx of, of leases coming back in mm-hmm. off the market that uh, are three-year maturing now this spring. So I think dealers really have to be a little cautious right now. One, did they carry a little too much inventory into the February-March, expecting a stronger February-March used car retail sales, and then having some aged inventory sitting around right now that could bite out of the profit margin pretty substantially because it's, it's getting time. But also, uh, watching how things go the next 30 days and being cautious so they could go into that, that return off lease market and some of that three year, 30,000 mid 30,000 mile uh, inventory that's so sought after. So, uh, you know, the rental cars, the commodity cars, the, the cars like that are always available. I mean, those cars are always available, especially coming off of the, this time of year. Um, don't get caught up in those. They compete with your new cars. So dramatically right now, price wise, um, Everything everyone's looking for is that three-year older, lower mile, uh, you know, the, everything that people are talking about that is, you know, worth its weight in gold is that 65 to 75 to 85,000 mile, four-year-old, five-year-old unit um, that uh, they can re- retail in the 10 grand to 12 grand price range. Uh, I think if, you, if you're setting yourself up to be able to really go after those, those units uh, in the near future, you've really got to trim down right now. So the seasonal effect is going to vary from where you are geographically. Uh, It sounds like spring, spring break tends to force uh, as spring really starts to come, as spring starts to come around the corner, it sounds like it it slows down for everybody. But then once spring gets going, rolling into summer, it starts to pick back up. And that seems pretty universal. 
Yeah, I think if you notice, if you ever remember, you know, events happening. So Gary's right. You know, the I was looking at 16 trends and I, I'm, I'm pretty confident it happens year after year. But January for new car sales, January, February, March picks up and then April, May, it drops down. And then July, August, it picks back up for summer sales events. And that's when those lease incentives are big and everything. And so, yeah, these cars are going to start coming in April, May and June because uh, some people can get out a little early and stuff. And and then July, August, we're going to have probably abundance of some of those cars hitting those. Um, I do think there's a little bit of a seasonal trend on on years though, Gary, because too, tell me if you agree with this or not, but I've been noticing trends like I had a bunch of dealers struggling with, um, you know, 17s and 18s in, in December and January and November and December and January. What happened was in like a Honda store in particular, um, Honda, forced all these loaner cars and everything out into the dealer's lot. And so, in the mean, and all these 18s, in the meantime, they had such big incentives and rebates on these 18s on new ones, they couldn't sell the used ones. I do think right about now between April and May and June range, mid-June, by June, I would probably want to get off of them, is uh, late models might be okay because the 18s are probably mostly gone. The 19s don't have great incentives yet. So if somebody's looking for a fairly new car, you might be okay on 18s right now. But by when before that July, August summer sale season hits, you probably want to get off those because now you're competing against the 19s and those big incentives. But once that kind of dies down going into September, October, you might play in that market a little bit, another month or two, but you're off of it by November, December because they got the end of the year clearance stuff going out. So there might be some seasonal um, playing around with those late models because those do get you better trades a lot of times. More than likely, people are going to finance them. More than likely, they don't take a lot of turnaround time and, and recon dollars. So there's a little bit of appeal to those late models, but you don't want to get jammed up with them when this, you know, when the manufacturer is getting rid of these new ones. And that'll happen June or probably more July, August, but start backing off of those at that you point hit a couple, in time. I don't know yeah, if you've yeah, you a couple again. of real critical points early on. You said about the uh, trends from three years ago in 2016. And mm-hmm. it was a real strong early winter and, and uh, into the new year with some great incentives and some great lease deals that they had at that time. But you have to remember that those cars are 90 days <clears throat> turned by the time they get to market. So if they were a lease that was written in January and in, in uh, first of the year, it's usually by the time they get to market from the manufacturers off the dealers' lots to the sales um, and then sure. from the dealers onto the inventory, you're looking the end of March. Um, you really have to play that that 90-day cycle out when you look at that type of historical information. And same thing going into the summer when you look at the big summer sellathons and things like that, that you know the manufacturers push and, and really incentivize to clear the lot so that the dealers order uh, new car inventory for the fall. The uh, That stuff is going to hit dealers' availability about September 30th to October 1st. Uh, so you have to try to play the uh, the timing game with that and see where you're going to be in your market. Uh, here in the upper Midwest, obviously, um, we have a strong end of the fall, uh, but by November 1st, you're really looking to cut back on inventories um, because of the winter season. Where Right now, we're just really coming out of the thaw. Uh, here in the Twin Cities, we just lost our snow piles in open spots. <laughs> on their lots in the last 10 days. Um, so the availability of putting on some inventory right now is is paramount. But, um, 
you know, you, you'd love to be able to buy it uh, in January and February to have it for a majority of the country. And, and that's where you have to look at how you're, you're really putting together uh, a list of things that are your hottest inventories, are moving fast, have your largest profit margins, um, and uh, something that you can bring your turn up on very quickly. So as you go into your spring and summer markets. Gentlemen, let's, if we could shift into more of the, uh, 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 the specific sourcing techniques. I, I, I know in, his, in, um, in Lehman's uh, second point, he's talking about pinpointing your best sellers, but keeping the focus on, uh, let's move in, like, to his third point about the digital sources. You know, he brings up Odessa, ACV Auctions, uh, Mannheim. And by the way, I met uh, Stu Zalad from ACV Auctions at IDS. I don't know if you got a chance to talk with him. Yeah. Uh, and I, I had meant to invite him up here. And I just, one thing led to another, got you guys here. So we'll have to have uh, uh, Stan on at some point. But, um, <clears throat> you know, how are these digital sources, uh, and how are they playing out for dealers? Is it, is it saving money? Is it saving time? Is it getting them better, you know, better, better cars? One of the things that, uh, as I talk to uh, a lot of dealers, one of the things that, in today's market with the digital sources, if you can buy blocks of cars to cover your commodity cars and out of the rental fleets and things like that to fill that market niche, uh, it's important. But to go after uh, in volume and compete against some of the what we call the disruptors, uh, the large, you know, the, the, the uh, CarMax and now Carvana and some of the other larger uh, retailers to Compete with them in the in the digital buying off auctions is so tough. I mean, you're proxy bidding thousands and thousands of cars a week, and the, the time for your team is to do that is so consuming. Um, you know, that's why having somebody like yourself, Jason, that gives them a very focused uh, game plan and a very focused buy list and things that they need to go after is so critical in today's market to be able to know exactly what's going data is driving your matrices and what you're going to purchase and what you're going to go after so pinpointed is so important because you get lost in a mire of what's going on in the electronic buying circle and, and your people can be spending days on days proxy bidding on cars that you'll never touch you'll never see yeah yeah and that's what with the digital Sourcing. I mean, it's it, there shouldn't be any excuses of why you can't get cars. I mean, you have access to cars all across the country. Uh, I guess our biggest challenge is, and kind of off key to this, but it has to do with the point is they buy them and either locally or regionally. A lot of times, dealers do just out of sheer um, time because they don't have time to look all over the place and then deal with the transportation and lining it up and dealing with weather and stuff like that. So that. A lot of times they, they, they buy locally or regionally at best, but they got to understand too with that digital sourcing and maybe people be able to buy. A lot of dealers, you know, when you retail a car, it's a local market, meaning there's not too many people. They'll drive an hour or two for the right car, but maybe regional. You know, you might get that regional. Every once in a while, you'll have a national car. What I mean by that is maybe a hard to come by Dodge Viper that's 10 years old with 10,000 miles you put on eBay and somebody from California drives, you know, flies to Kansas to buy it. But more than likely, you're dealing with a, when you retail a local market, regional at best, 
But when you go to the lane, you're dealing with a national market. So what they're selling for in Texas is irrelevant to what you got to price it for in your market. Mm-hmm. So that gets the tricky part. You know, you got to really know where you got to price that car and back yourself into those bids as you're buying those cars remotely on these sources. Because just because you paid for it, you know, if you're, I'm, I'm in Kansas, just because I paid that kind of money for it in Florida to ship and ship it to it doesn't mean I can just mark it up and hope to make a profit. I got to look at my local market because I'm not, it might be worth more money in Florida and I stepped up on it and end up owning it. And now I'm in the market that really don't care about this car. So you really got to know your local regional market, bid the car according to that. And then if you can still ship it in and, and, and save some money or break even, you know, sourcing them that way. But I think that's the biggest challenge to get dealers to realize retails, local, regional at best, wholesales, national, it's even global market. Cause heck, I mean, guys coming from Russia buying, uh, you know, black Mercedes and shipping them over there. It just, that stuff happens, you know? So um, it's almost a, a global market. It's, it's a little bit trickier, um, but you shouldn't have any reasons why you can't find cars because they're everywhere. It's funny you say that about <clears throat> the global market. I had an old Land Rover years ago and I really, wanted out, yeah, I really wanted out of it. And you know, it wasn't worth anything at the time. Gas prices were so high and the dealers, and I had good, you know, close relationships with dealers and they're like, man, I, I, they couldn't even wholesale the thing. Well, luck would have it. I'm in there because they were a client of mine their buyer comes in and he's like, what's up with that Land Rover? And they're like, it's his. He, want, he, he's, he wants to get rid of it. He wants to get out of it. And he, they, he, they had me leave the room. And they brought me back in and he goes, he said, uh, he, he's going to give you eight grand for the Land Rover. And I go, huh? <laughs> I, 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 like, I don't even owe that much on it. And he goes, don't ask any questions. He's going to give you eight grand for him, like deal and flip my car <laughs> well, there. But that was what they were doing. They were shipping it overseas. He was going to make like, he was going to probably sell it for 12 grand. Do you ever, I know I posted this article, but it was years ago. Um, you ever hear about that, that plumber? No. Well, the guy maybe, sold his truck. His logo, yeah. his logo was still on the truck. The truck ended up on the news, like in Fox News or somebody's pictures of it. And they're terrorists with missile, um, missile launchers shooting out the bed of the truck with his logo on it. So people are like, are you part of the terrorists? So this is a local plumber and his oh, car is no. over there and it's on the news with his logo on it. The dealer didn't even take the logos off or nothing uh, when they took it and wholesaled it. So it's in another country there, in a terrorist attack. There's <laughs> a takeaway for you. Get the logo off your car before <laughs> you move them. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah. I want to wind things down if I could. And, and one of the uh, resources mentioned in the article is competitive inventory acquisitions. And Jason, I know you've mentioned them a couple of times. Oh, yeah. They have over 200,000 vehicles in their database. Do you know where those vehicles, are they acquiring them, holding them, and then redistributing? Or are they just connecting a, them? Yeah, I think they're connecting them to them. You know, they're, they're, they're the ones that can do the legwork that the dealers typically don't have. You know, they don't have the time to sit there and weed through thousands of cars across the country. So, um, you know, they do take a deeper dive into what the dealer's selling. You know, historically, we do that for our clients. You know, year, make, model, trim. Here's how many you had, how many you sold. You know, we look a little bit deeper, making sure they're selling fast and there's profit on them. You know, some of the systems, even though they say historically you've sold these, so get more of these. If they're not selling faster than 30 days and we're not making any money on them, do I really want to duplicate that problem? Um so, yeah, I mean, they're going to get that, that deeper dive into what you need and then be able to source them and do the legwork. It just takes a lot of work to weed through all this crap. Um, no matter what system you have, you know, be able to do a great job with Stockwave. This is click, 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 and boom, here's some cars. You still got to go through them. You just never know. 
It's a lot of time. So of all these platforms that are listed, again, there was Stockwave, ACV, CIA, all of those, the cars and the systems are all either at auction or sitting on a dealer lot. None of them include, say, consumer vehicles out on the market, right? No, again, that's where your company that sponsored this was kind of interesting. Okay. Their approach with that, because that's a good way for dealers to not have to go to lane, is try to find some private sellers. Three ways I'd pack my inventory. Get your stocking process or your appraisal for trade-ins. Get that process humming, efficient. How many have done? How many take in? Which manager, which salespeople do a good job? Which ones do a bad job? When should I TO a trade? Start sourcing them out of your service department, one. Two, start sourcing them from private sellers and offer to buy people's cars like the CarMax does. And then three, finally go to the lane if you have to. So, you know, I hear a lot of dealers complain, I can't go to the lane and they, they want too much money for it. In the meantime, they don't try to outsource it through the service department and private sellers are offered to buy cars or advertise it. And their appraisal process is crap. So they got to fine tune those two things because I always like to control what we can control and you can control those two things. And then you can't control the auction. So that's the last place you want to try to source. Yeah. Yeah. You know, i I was just reminded, sorry, Gary, I'll swing you in a second, but uh, Ricky Bomar, who was on with us a few months ago, you know, he mentioned what, so something he does is when he's looking at these cars being auctioned and sees what they're going for, if he can find them off the street and just move them wholesale, he'll do that too. So um, it's not like we have to just get cars to sell retail. If you can get a car off the street and move it wholesale, then and make a few bucks and go ahead and do that too. Yeah. That was one of the, the big things that, I did before I retired with the last group I was in. Obviously, the acquisition off the street was the whole thing that I worked with. And with Van Software being able to uh, make that available and make that possible, the biggest thing was, you know, you, you want to get the cars for retail for your stores, but to be able to really look at maximizing everything, the wholesale opportunities, uh, being able to look at every vehicle and know that you can buy it, whether you're going to retail or, or wholesale, you just have to have the mentality of, knowing what you're going to do with the car before you make the buying decision. So if you're buying it for retail, buy for retail. If you're buying it for wholesale, buy for wholesale and have a plan for it before you pull the trigger. So that's so critical in today's market, knowing where you're going to go at it when you're appraising it, having a proper appraisal process, using it on every vehicle um, with your management and then uh, really making sure that they're keeping into the into the matrixes that you set in your, whether it's V auto or for whatever software that you, uh, you're using. So, uh, when people get cowboy and they, uh, try to go out of it too far is when you, you take a beating on it. So hundred percent. I'm Ryan Girardi again, Jason Rice from lot pop and Gary Wade, our insider automotive exec, uh, from, uh, from the twin cities. And uh, get registered if, you, if, um, if you're not already. And make sure you're subscribed to our channel. Again, today's show is brought to you by the Vehicle Acquisition Network. Connecting private sellers with dealers, not for your average dealer. Go to buywithvan.com. Have a great afternoon. We're going to go ahead and shut down. Thanks, everyone. This is Audiburst Media.